By the way, right. before we start, what are we talking about? Yeah, I, I don't know where we want me to go with that, Dan. If you want to be more specific, it's obviously frustrating. We felt we were better team. All right, should we officially start the show, or should I just try and piece some shit together? Boston Bee Party. Boston Bee Party. Boston Bee Party. Just thinking about it, I just wanted to, you know, it's spoke beef, you turn it sideways, it looks like it was. But anyway, it's like, I just can't, I can't stand this team and this franchise right now. Mr. Ventola, how do you plead? I've been pleading for four years. Can you, someone please fire this yeah, okay, please, please fire this dude. I'm going on here now. That, that, that's all he, this is about. <laughs> the real criminal is John Sweeney. Where is he? I think uh, Sweeney made a major mistake so far with the goaltending. So, yeah, not looking great. I'm like, you're picking for a pool of all these stud players. How can you fuck that up? Back to the Boston Bee Party. I'm David Rodriguez. With me tonight, of course, Tyler Scales. Welcome back, Jimmy Shea and Justin Ventola. How are we doing, guys? What's up, Dave? Doing don't pretty all, good. Don't all talk What's at once. What's going on, Dave? <laughs> As always. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, all right. It's uh, Tuesday. Last night, the Boston Bruins beat the Washington Capitals down in Washington 7-3. to um, And, of course... You know, wake up the next morning and they have to sign Tuca Rass for that reason. Uh, <laughs> we'll just get right into the Tuca stuff and we'll go back on the over. Um, <laughs> Jimmy, you weren't here with us last week. We did kind of talk about them signing Tuca. Uh, what are your thoughts on the re-signing of Tuca Rask? <laughs> um, it's inevitable. I mean, it's <laughs> the first one that comes to mind. It's just... It's a joke. This whole organization right now is a, is a laughing stock. I mean, I can't believe you're going to bring back a guy who's a perennial choker every single year. When you have two guys, and I know the goaltending had not been great uh, early part of the year, but it seems like at times both these guys had found their stride, and you have to bring this guy back up. And There's nothing you can do with Allmark with that contract. He's a no-trade clause, and you're not going to get rid of that money. But to see Swam go down to Providence is, is it sucks. Uh, it really sucks. I'm pissed. Uh, what what do you think it does to uh, a kid like Swayman's psyche? I mean, it, it can't help it at all. <laughs> you guys it can't help it at all. Um, he, yeah, he's played well. <laughs> he's a rookie. <laughs> All right, you guys gotta stop chatting. <laughs> not you, not you guys, not you guys, Mr. Real. <laughs> That's not you guys, Mr. Real. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying to shoot my takes here. <laughs> oh man, you guys are fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it, it can't. It can't help. I mean, he's a rookie. He's made some rookie mistakes. He hasn't had a lot of. He's had some good games, but nothing really that really stands out as like a bona fide uh, great game yet, but it's just, uh, he has to take his mindset that, you know, it's a one year, it's a one year thing. Hopefully knock on wood. That, <laughs> I like to knock on wood. Yeah, hopefully it's a one year thing and that he's not, Tuka's not come back again next year. And that's, uh, you gotta take it as you be back next year as the, as the number one, Omar is the most overpaid backup goalie, but 
Yeah, you have to take it as that. It sucks, though. Tyler, what do you think about them actually re-signing this I'm, week? I'm honestly... I'm actually not surprised at all that this happens. Uh, yeah, it just sucks to see Twayman go back down to Providence for a goal. He just has not played in, like, almost a year. So, so yeah, it, it sucks to see this happen. Uh, I don't think Rest is going to do well. I think he should have played in Providence while giving Swayman some time to shine, but I guess there's nothing you can do about it. It's all Mark signed with that six-year deal long-term. and Was it well, six? Oh, shit. Did we get stuck with him for an extra year because we signed two Garas too? It was the Tuca clause. Damn contract. You've heard of Santa Claus. How about Tuca Yeah, It's, as Jimmy said, inevitable. And I'm not surprised this happened. What yeah, do you think it does to does the the morale in the room? I mean, the I don't team. think the team had been playing bad, and I know that he had uh, Tuca had been practicing with the team and everything. Um, but w- do you think the the group wants this? Do you think they would have rather stuck with uh, Swayman and the goaltender room that they have right now, or they had up until today? I, I think the say. team wanted Swayman, but the upper staff people they wanted Rass so bad because they just love watching him. They just they've missed him so much. And they just they just want to keep watching Rask just blow Stanley Cup games for us. <laughs> They'd love to see it. <laughs> They'd love to see the sad faces of Bruins fans. <laughs> Justin, dare I ask? Oh, yeah, Dave. I don't know. Do you dare ask? <laughs> uh, yeah, because uh, I'm too explicit in uh, our, our, pri- our prior broadcast how asinine of a move that this is and I, I, why they are sucking on his toes. I don't understand at all. And now I'm thinking about it now between that one mil that they just gave him and then uh, the money they gave Allmark combined, you essentially, you you now like almost are spending as much on goaltending as you have in years past. And again, you could have started this year and gone through this year having like no salary cap, uh, uh, you know, having nothing go against the salary cap with goaltending. And um, as always, the Don screwed that up big time. So, uh, not surprised. I'm sure all the players in the locker room are so overjoyed to have him back because it's, you know, Duke Rask, old teammate, well, uh, screw the media. Um, and unfortunately, most of the fan base seems to be also extraordinarily excited and happy and delighted to have him back. And, um, yeah, it made me want to cry myself to sleep today. So, um in the middle of the day? Yeah, like in the middle like of the day, I just wanted to curl lunchtime, up. Lunchtime, you wanted to cry yourself back to sleep. Yep, yep. Just be everyone, hey, guys, I got to take like, you know, an hour or so. I got to go. I got to go cry this out. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a new version. Of, that's a new version of Boo Hoo Crew. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> unfortunately, I, I mean, I I think we, the three of us, uh, spoke about it last week and said pretty much all the same things you guys are saying. Is it just like probably not good for the kids development um you screwed up the goaltending situation from the off season and yet you're going to continue to play this game um but it's over it's done with they ta- they signed him he's going to back up tomorrow night versus montreal um i'm yeah, assuming then that means he's playing thursday night against pittsburgh i mean not pittsburgh excuse me philadelphia 
Um, you can't play against Montreal. We all know that. So that's that's yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, well, in it's in it's in Boston, not in Montreal. That's okay. Because you know Montreal can't put anybody in the seats, so they move the games down <laughs> south of the border so they can make some money. That's smart. Um, capitalism. Does does this signing make the team any better? Do you guys have any? Uh, you guys think that this? I think it makes, makes it worse. Chances better to Obviously make the playoffs. Makes it worse. That's an obvious answer. Yeah, it makes it worse. Uh, it makes it worse in every possible out, every possible way. It makes it worse. Well, I mean, they have a goalie who hasn't played in so long, and they had a fresher goalie with Swayman, younger, faster, and uh, more wants to play on that roster. I feel like Rass is just ready to retire. Remember that speech, the interview he had and. I mean, if he was ready to retire, I don't think he would have worked so hard to get back. Right? Yeah, well, he needs the money, so. Yeah, I mean. I don't think he needs the money. He just paid, <laughs> was paid $7 million a year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Not enough no, honestly, for him. <laughs> honestly, Tyler, as much as I want to say it's a bad move because I, I really hate, hate to grasp, or, like, I don't think it definitely doesn't make the team better. But I, I don't know if it necessarily makes them makes them worse. I think it's more like a lateral move, like nothing really happened. Like you, know I mean, like in my eyes, goaltending wasn't an issue at all. But you know, so but whatever for whatever reason they brought this ass hat back, you know, and and quite honestly, like we all know who Garask and what he is. So I don't think it does really anything for the team um, at all. It's just a benign move. That's yeah. th- sorry. No, no, go ahead, Dave. Yeah, no, I mean that's kind of what I felt. Is like all you're really gaining is the experience of Tuka Rask, right? Yes, he has what 309 wins. Uh, no, sorry, 306 wins in his career. Um, he's Boston's winning his goaltender. I know that's all everything that all the Tuka fans and everybody are saying right now. And again, I, I'm a Tuka fan. I just didn't feel like. It was necessary to bring him back. Um, yes, I love to see the Bruins make it to the playoffs every year and try and make a deep run, but I also want to see them build for the future. And it, you brought this kid up. He played, what, 15 games, 16 games for you? Wasn't playing terrible. Uh, it was essentially your backup to the the other guy, uh, Linus Elmark. I have a hard time saying that. Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> but bringing Tuka, yes, it's going to – Having a goaltender with his experience, I think, would make your team a little bit better. Um, just, I just feel like you should have gone a, a completely different direction if you, you the intention all along was to bring Tuka Rask back. And clearly that was the plan, right? Uh, you should have kept the two kids. You should have just waited it out up until this point, considering that he's back pretty much right on schedule. They said January, February, right? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's, so he's yeah. a little bit earlier. I yeah. just feel like they should have, they shouldn't have spent that five million dollars there. Maybe we could have done something better. Maybe we could have kept a Krejci if he, you know, if it was a money thing or uh, well, the, we'll get to Krejci later. Uh, <laughs> but I don't know. That's just I kind of lost track of the thought there for a second. But I just think that adding him does make the team a little bit better. I think that at least gets you into the playoffs if you were thinking they weren't a playoff team. Uh, I think it gives you a better chance out of a second round as well. Um, 
But, I mean, I think there was all the issues with this team that uh, seem to be doing a little bit better right now as far as scoring, considering that they put up a bunch of goals in the last few games. And I just don't think that this was the right move right this time. I, I don't know. I, I know we talked about the possibility of the schedule being a factor on these goaltenders coming forward last week. Uh, I just, I don't know. Sorry. No, <laughs> I got to be the Tuca guy, guys. Sorry. No, I, I, I'm actually, <laughs> I'm not very far off from you, Dave. Um, I'm kind of in the middle of all three of you guys, actually. I, I think it's a very lateral move, like Justin said. I don't think it really uh, changes the day-to-day output of the team in the regular season. I think you're going to get pretty much a more consistent effort out of Tuca than what you're getting from Swayman. Swayman had a lower ups and downs being a rookie. But I think overall you're going to see pretty much the same numbers that you're getting from Swayman. Where I think the answer is going to hold is when it comes to the playoffs, where it can either be a good move or a bad move. Because we don't really know what Swayman is in the playoffs. We don't know that. So that this question is not really going to be answered to its full extent, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, fullest extent until probably two or three years down the line. I know we have a show to talk about today, um, so I'll answer it today. <laughs> but realistically, if Swayman ends up being, you know, like any of the Toronto goalies and just chokes in the playoffs, then it was a good move to bring Tuka in because at least he had a chance to win some games, even though Tuka does choke in the playoffs. He doesn't choke in the first round. But now if, you know, Swayman turns into the next, I don't know, Tim Thomas or, I mean, Tim Thomas is not one of the greats, but we've seen that he's just going on. So like that kind of stuff. If we see, you know, Swayman being able to put on big game performances and win playoff series, then this is an awful move because if this team can squeak into the playoffs and have a goalie uh, that can carry them like swimming could be, then it's a bad move. So I, I think the answer isn't a good move or a bad move. has to kind of be put to the back burner until we actually know what swimming is. Yeah, but as far as the playoffs, we already know that the Bruins weren't going to play Swayman in the playoffs anyway because they wouldn't play him last year when they knew their starting goaltender was already hurt and was probably playing, what did they say, 70% or something like that? Right. No, I, I, I understand so that. They they should have. They were down in the series anyway. You weren't going to win it. They should have played him there to see what he had for the playoffs. The difference is that Bruce Cassidy loves his veteran players, and he's not going to stray away from them. Olmark's a new face, so is Swayman. So I think they're going in is pretty much even. Like, Olmark would get game one, but if it goes sour, I can see Bruce going to Swayman in that series. Now, if Tuka goes bad, he's sticking with his guy there. Which is a terrible way to coach. And I I, I think we've talked a little bit about uh, Cassidy and the front office needs to go, and we can get into that a little bit more. Uh, but I want to talk about David Krejci for a minute because I apparently I, talking pre-show with you guys, you didn't really hear. Um, and I read it on, I had heard it on 98.5. I was listening to Toucher and Rich that uh, the other morning. And I guess it was on Friday that this story came out that uh, David Krejci in a Czech newspaper on a, or on a Czech Republic uh, TV show was saying that Coach Cassidy really let the two of uh, him and David Postonok play together. Uh, basically was told that there was no reason to split up that line. And I think that uh, Postonok, excuse me, I think that David Krejci's a little pissed off because uh, he really wanted to play with Pasta. Did you guys, before this, Tyler, did you see any of this? No, this is, this is actually news to me. And 
Well, yeah, the, the parade team passes on from the same place. They can understand each other like a little more, and they can understand each other's hockey styles. So, I would definitely love to put parade team passes together just to try something different. I mean, we can't just go with the perfection line all the time. Cassidy's actually switched that, that up now, and we, we've seen the results. They've been very good. So, I mean, it's. I mean, yeah, you want to play with Pasternak. I get you that you're, you're pissed that you never could, but well, that's just the coach's decision. You have to just play your game. All right, here's the uh, here's the quote that I took from Ty Anderson's story on 98.5thesportshub.com. Uh, coach Cassidy rarely let the two of us play together. It must have been something to split the first line and give pasta to me. It wasn't a maximum of two matches. Uh, it was a maximum of two matches. After years, I leave Boston, and suddenly it's possible. That surprised me. Always told me that he had no reason to take pasta off the first line and that it would be it would uh, be short as possible to... Uh, some uh, dismantle the forces he says I had to take it but now Pasta has five or so many matches on the line with Taylor Hall and Eric Haller strange <laughs> <laughs> so I to anybody thinking that David Krejci wants to come back to Boston I think that last word right there says no to me good <sighs> so you know this reads to me this has nothing to do with the coach this has to do all with, with uh, Bergeron here um, Bergeron, his one cup when uh, he was the second line center behind David Krejci, and Krejci had the better line there. And I think he's always kind of felt not jealous, but you know, every time that Bergeron's been the number one center, he's been outplayed. And they are, I think, Owen two in cups now with uh, Bergeron's number one center. So he's not going to give his arguably second best weapon to Krejci, and if somehow Krejci ends up. Scoring game winner, his line has a better line in the Stanley Cup final, and they win, and all of a sudden it's Krejci's line again. There's no way uh, the perfect Patrice Bergeron is going to give that shit up. Yeah, I mean, I just, I kind of just find it funny because for at least two years we've been talking about they needed to break up that first line or some carnation of that first line, and now it's it's finally happening. And I think Cassidy even made a joke about it, um, saying, oh, why didn't I do this sooner? Well, because you're an idiot for not fucking doing it sooner. You, we, you've been talking about secondary scoring for years on this team, right? Like, I mean, and I think what throws salt in the wound too, Dave, is uh, if you think about it over the years, how many guys uh, have you thrown up there with Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand, and they've gone from like being like next to well, uh, completely unproductive, like uh, the aforementioned Danton Heinen. Who was totally a bum? <laughs> he threw. Then they. Then he threw him up with. Uh, I'm, I'm feeling attacked. And, 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 and he got. Uh, and he got like nine points or something like that within like five games. So, I mean, Craig Smith, his style of play works so well with Bergeron and Marshan. And quite honestly, um, Marshan drives whatever line he's on. And um, where Bergeron, you know, again, he's just more of a responsible sentiment. Um, I think you can honestly get most guys to play with them. So uh, that's been my whole thing. It's like, Cassie, you know that whoever you probably put put with Bergeron and Marchand is going to produce. 
So if that's the case, why wouldn't you give David Krejci like at least a solid, consistent, sturdy, talented lineman? Not like Jake Debrask, who sucks and blows, but like David Posnock, who he can build off of, who he can build chemistry. And now you see Hall and Posnock building chemistry, but now they just need like a really good, strong – I mean, Hall has been fine – but he's not like a, like that playmaking center that like both those players could really use. Um, and, you know, if you, ha- you have to wonder if he had put that combination to start the second half of the season last year, what could it have blossomed into? And furthermore, not, and I didn't want him back, so I hope people don't get this impression, but would David Krejci have considered returning had, you know, he'd been promised like Hall and Posnock as his permanent wingers? That would have been, been a sick line. You know, you know what I mean? And quite honestly, again, just watching them play together and form chemistry now, I'm like, oof. If they had, like, a, just a good playmaking center, that they, they could have a really pop, like, popping line. That would, uh, And then if you still have Bergeron and Monshan on a separate line, now defenses have to account for those two. Um, and so it's just, I don't know. So I think that's a huge knock on Cassidy. I, I really do. Tyler? Yeah, the, the lines just... I mean, I get it. Like, some lines just, they work, and they just kind of stay consistent. Like, but not all games, they will be consistent in their games. Like, they're going to they're gonna fall off, and they're going to... And other teams, like, they're going to study, like, each of those same lines, and they're going to understand how they play, and they're going to... And they're going to exploit those weaknesses. And, you know, I don't think Cassidy does a great job with, like, the lines. Now he is with, like, Hala, Hall, and Pasta. They've been working so well together. But back then, like, I remember in the bubble, he put John Moore on the fourth line. I remember that stuff. <laughs> I was, like, so pleased to why he do something like that. No. I'm not over that. That's Tyler's 2015 draft that right there. I guess Tampa Bay team. That's Tyler's draft class right there. <laughs> Definitely was. No, I, I know what you're I'm saying. I'm never going to forget that Tampa Bay moment. Yeah, uh, never gonna forget it. And you know, I mean, I mean, he's definitely had changed the lines a lot. Like, I like the fourth line currently with Oscar Steen over there. They've been doing pretty well together. And uh, yeah, you know, the lines right now they're pretty good. But how long will they be consistent? That's like the main question. Are they consistent enough to make like to do well in the playoffs? Uh, I think they've been That's more consistent in the last six games than they that. have in the last thirty. Um, uh, excuse me, in the last 13. So they have 28 goals in their last six games since they just started the year January 1st. Uh, the previous 13 games, uh, they scored 30 goals. So something finally clicked. It Did Cassidy's battle with COVID finally wake him up to the fact that he needed to break up that line that, you know, did he watch all the, the playoff series he lost because they shut down one line? And did he finally realize you need a second line? Is that why he finally decided to move Pasternak? I don't know. That's my theory. <laughs> I think that he's maybe feeling the heat from the hot seat. COVID. <laughs> he said, COVID said, change the lines or you're done. <laughs> <laughs> what was that, Jimmy? I'm sorry. My I, thing think was done. Done. I think he's uh, starting to feel the, the heat from the hot seat. You know, if, if he doesn't make the playoffs this year, the one thing – so the Jacobs are probably one of the worst owners in all of pro sports. Yeah. But you work for they, them, you would know. 
Yeah, no, uh, yeah, don't don't bring that up. <laughs> um, yeah, they're some of the one of the most one of the worst ownership groups in all pro sports, uh, and I think that all they care about is the bottom dollar. So getting home games for the first round of playoffs is what they want. If you don't make the playoffs this year, they're going to clear house because this team is good enough to make the playoffs. And if you don't make the playoffs with this team, it's not it's it's a underperform. Uh, across the board and I just think that they could end up clearing a uh, house and there goes Neely there goes Sweeney there goes Cassidy which sounds like a great dream that I'm having but they're gonna they're, they'll they're gonna end up doing a pretty substantial move at the deadline to make this team better I guarantee it yeah what kind of move are you thinking Oh, I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't have a name to throw oh, out there. Oh, okay. I, thought you, you, I, I, no, took, no. I took that as you had something percolating. Sorry. Oh, no, I, I don't have a, a player in mind, but I feel like if this team is on the bubble close to being in, that they're going to have to go. And I think, I mean, not that uh, Tuco is part of the overall plan, but I think it's what really end up pushing it is they're going to bring the gang as close back together as they can because team won significant games with this core. And they're gonna want this close because they can get them the first round playoffs. That's what they're gonna. That's what they're going for. Yeah, I don't know. I've been a huge Cassie defender. You guys have uh, heard me defend him, but I've, I've definitely started to lose my patience with him. And I think I wonder too, Dave, to your point uh, earlier. I wonder if you're not kind of seeing the result now of players kind of playing like well because they're they're happy, I guess. Because Cassie has barely kept any line together outside of the perfection line together for like longer than anything than like six or ten games. And right. even at that, most of the time you see in games, like by the time the team's at, like in the third period, the whole bottom off, well, the whole other uh, nine players have just been totally shuffled again. So I think now, so now you're starting to see chemistry between the Felino, Coyle, and Steen line, Oscar Steen, who I've actually liked. Um, you started to see some chemistry with uh, Nosek, Frederick, and Lazar. And then you now you're seeing the chemistry with um, Paul and Posnack develop. And then I think Craig Smith just plays really well with um, the style of play that Marsha and Bertrand do. And, and he it, played it, well with them last year when he was up there for a little yeah. while too. And, and, and now he's sticking with that. And I think the players are starting to like become more comfortable with, on their lines with their line mates. And I think you kind of see a, a result of that. And it's it's totally fair, I think, to really come down hard on Cassidy and say, dude, like, what have you been doing? Like, you know what I mean? Especially with, um, and again, going back to Tyler's, you know, John Moore in the fourth line move. Like, dude, what are you doing? You know, like, big question marks. Like, and so I think the players are kind of, like, responding to that. But if you have management, uh, are you going to be giving, like, Bruce Cassidy a very hard look at if he should even still be the coach going into next season? Which I don't think so anyways, because I think he's starting to lose the voice in the locker room. So the thing with uh, a coach like Cassidy, as much as I love the uh, no golden cow, <laughs> except for Bergeron somehow, um, where you can pretty much, you can't, if you, he's going to call you out after the game on the podium. He's going to do it every single time. doesn't matter who you are, unless your name is Patrice Bergeron or Brad Marchand. Um, it wears thin after a while. That doesn't those type of coaches don't last in the league, especially when you have a team that's together year after year after year, because players are just start to tune you out. And I think you start to see that uh, late last year, 
where we kind of, you know, said COVID was a lot of the reason why they started to kind of fall apart um, near the end there, and then injuries as well. But then this year, they never really seem to catch their stride. I, I know they've, uh, I believe they've won, what, three straight now? Um, it's, they, they start to look good, but winning helps uh, put a bandit on uh, a, a leak. But there's still the underlying fractures there where I think they've kind of given, they've lost faith in the coach. And, you know, you go on a two game losing streak and this team's going to check out. Well, thank you, Mr. Sunshine. (laughs) (laughs) Rain on my two game winning streak parade. (laughs) All right. I gave you, I gave you three games. I'm going to beat Montreal too. Um, uh, And two games again, they get blown out. (laughs) <laughs> right, but I, I, first game back, that, Philly creams him. Oh my God! Don't give me a, don't give me a blade. <laughs> oh my God! Great! Oh my God! I would love well, we that. we all know Tuca can't play well against Philly with no David Krejci, so this game's a loss. So that's true. What he's lost the last three, last four. He's lost right. last four. Yeah, yeah. And if they get to if they get to the playoffs, remember keep him out of elimination games because he can't handle it. Pressure on him. He can't handle it. <laughs> unless, yeah, I mean, he turns into a goddamn puddle. Unless, uh, unless Jake DeBrusque tells him out. Hey, just don't forget, hashtag uh, fire Don Sweeney. Ha- hashtag fire Don Sweeney 2022. <laughs> forget, our Twitter, forget our Twitter handle, hashtag fire Don Sweeney. <laughs> Does anybody even know our Twitter handle? <laughs> hashtag All right, so uh, Tyler, Justin, we talked last Thursday night. Uh the Bruins were in the process of losing 3-2 to two to Minnesota. Uh, <laughs> on Saturday night, uh, Boston won 5-2 to two at Tampa Bay. Um, I saw a little bit of that game, and then I went back and rewatched the highlights. What a soft game Tampa played. Did you guys watch any of that game? The very first, the very first oh, goal I especially that game. looked really terrible. soft. What's that, T? How do you let Matt Grizzly get, like, that many points. I think that was, was last night Washington. versus Washington. I'm uh, I'm talking about soft ass Tampa. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I see. Yeah, but Washington was also soft. They were both pretty soft. Both games were very similar with how like Colton and Washington at least came out like they took their Viagra. <laughs> Justin, <laughs> did you did you watch the game Saturday? I I, I did that. I I caught. The second half of the Washington game, and I, for the most part, watched over the Lightning game. Um, I, I honestly think that was um, – so, see, I think that game is misleading. I think it's a good good game. But first of all, I think Vasilevsky, like, dude, where the hell was he that that night? Like, he was out in left field. Um, there were some goals there that, I, I like, I was just like, ooh. Maybe I, I like, shouldn't have said the whole team was soft when I was thinking more of their goaltending. But. I mean, but perhaps but I, I also on, like, on, like, the flip side too, I'm also just like – there were moments in that game, though, where Tampa just controlled play. Absolutely controlled the pace of play. They were just beating the Bruins down low, everything else like that. And it was just one of those tough – and quite honestly, quite honestly, towards the, to that third period, you know, like it, they, they scored two goals, and and if they got one more, then you're talking, okay, this could be a big comeback for Tampa. And, and like, honestly, after they scored their second goal, I was like, ooh, Watch out. Be careful here. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if you do watch that game, great job for the Bruins. But 
because uh, I think that was a good good game to um, to kind of get a feel for where they are. Um, but there were absolutely plenty of moments where Tampa was clearly outplaying the Boston Bruins, and they had no answer. Um, so I just think Vasilevsky had a really soft night for whatever reason, and um, I, I think if he was more on his game, um, I, that may not have been a win for the Bruins. So, Justin, I couldn't disagree with you more. <laughs> Jimmy's famous first quote. Uh, yes. Here we go. So, yeah. I so saw again. I saw the highlights. I didn't watch the, the game, but yeah, I agree with you when you said that Tampa did control a lot of the play. But, but uh, we see this every year with Tampa over the last three, four years. They get to February, and then they coast. We all thought that Tampa was not the same team last year, and then look what happened. They turned it on. Yeah, you beat the name, the Tampa Bay Lightning, but they're in this mode where they're not kind of trying to get hurt. They're going to just coast. They're going to beat the teams they should beat. And anyone that is sort of close to them, which the Bruins are, I guess, that sort of close to them, they'll let you beat them. And then when the playoffs comes, they're going to beat you in five games. This should be nothing. Uh, the Washington game should be a lot more about this team the resiliency in that uh, game, but you get beat in Tampa. Yeah. You, you beat the name to Tampa Bay lightning. You beat all the players with the name on the back, but you, they didn't show up. They didn't show up and they, they don't need to show up. They, they could be the second wildcard team and they're still going to be favored to win the cup because they're Tampa Bay and they're a little roster and I'm still picking them to win the cup. If they're in the playoffs. Well, what well, well, they learned from their uh, president's trophy year, right? They were like the best team in the league. They like literally dominate for the entire time. Then they get smoked by Columbus. Yeah. Because you get, you get, you get, even if you take games off, when you're playing at that level all year, you get burnt out. So they've learned now they're a veteran group. That's one, uh, multiple cups. They know what it takes to win, and they're gonna they're gonna coast in the middle part of the season. Yeah, and they didn't, that year they didn't play a meaning, meaningful game after February because right, they exactly. had locked everything up. They knew exactly. they were the number one seed by like February fifteenth or something, exactly. like Valentine's Day for Christ's sakes. Right, exactly. So it's better to take your time off now and then hit it hard in March and April, and then go in the playoffs that way. Go in feeling hot, not playing meaningless games. It's better to play meaningful games. They know they can win in whatever rank they're playing in. It doesn't matter if they're home or away. They're the best team in hockey. So they don't need home. Home ice definitely helps, but they don't need it. So they, as long as they're in the playoffs, they're going to win the cup this year. I mean, not to mention well, that. Sorry. They're not They'll be, they'll, they'll be, Eastern Conference final. Florida will end up taking them, but that's not the point. Fucking Florida, well, I, dude. Yeah, Florida. <laughs> but, well, you know, and to that point too, Jimmy. Out there. They even have a condensed schedule. The condensed schedule that all, all the NHL teams are facing, right? The last thing you want to do is have to really grind it out on the second half of the season. And Tampa Bay's, I mean, put themselves in like a pretty decent position to, you know, again, kind of have those games where they just kind of, I guess, suppose coast. Nice. Um, unlike yours truly, the Boston Bruins, who, you know, are just barely in the second wild card spot. And now they have a condensed schedule. And then now they're going to have to really grind it out. And they're an older team. I mean, Tampa Bay has, like, some really young players. Some guys are starting to get into their later years. But for the most part, I mean, your number one center, my favorite center in the entire NHL, Braden Point, he's 25, 26. Right. So he's, he's, he's fine. Speaking of which, guys, if, you, if, you, if anyone watched that game closely, you see why he's my favorite center. The moves he makes in his ho- hockey IQ is just like. <laughs> but I'd rather have Bergeron. <laughs> 
Repeat No, no, first round. First round. Yeah. I, I always like Krejci better than Bergeron. Sorry. I have to say it. I wouldn't say he's he was a much better playmaker. I think Bergeron gets too much credit for being like a really offensive guy. He's not an offensive guy. He like he can put up the points when he's playing with like a stud like Marsham, but his game is defensive. I'm a Charlie Coyle guy. Wow, they really got to you that night, huh? They really did. <laughs> Dude, they have a trap. What we don't see on screen, Dave, right, is like his cousin holding a gun to Jimmy right now to be like, don't you fucking destroy right now. Right? I, I, I kind of feel like his, Jimmy's stalker friend kind of got a hold of the oh, Coyle God. family. and You know, they're working in cahoots right now, so Jimmy's got to be on his best behavior. Coyle <laughs> Coyle Hall of Famer. <laughs> That's a yes. Blink. I heard what you said, Jimmy. <laughs> Blink twice if you're in trouble. This is back. So uh, the Washington game, they start off. Uh, the Bruins start off going down two goals to fucking Connor Sherry. I, I don't know I why. Love, I love Connor Sherry though. I do. I know. I I, I, I don't know why I, I want to say his name like. Ugh. But I mean, he usually seems to play <laughs> against the Bruins uh, pretty well. But then the Maybe Bruins what scored what the next five? Yes, next five. Yep. Six. Six. Next. The six, next six. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was kind of a. Is what Washington was on a that was a four game losing streak. Yeah, that was their fourth game that they lost. The four game lose. Uh, do they suck this year? What's going on with them? Is it, they're just major issues? Or are they just getting old? They're old. They're old. That's Jimmy's answer to everything. They're just old. Well, well they, they, they're <laughs> old. And quite frankly, Dave, I don't think they have any defense or goaltending. Quite honestly, um, they no longer have Brayden Holpe, who you know again would just you know make the Bruins all look like they were just like waving around dildos out all there. Right, and would carry and, basically you know, carry and, that team. And like outside of John Carlson, like like who do they have? Who what name can you like give me from their defense? Who you're like? Oh, that guy's a stud. No one, right? No one. Fans dream die. I mean, you, you have we had Justin Schultz, I think, but he's like really old. And uh, as Jimmy said, that they're, they're getting older up front. So I mean, and, and not to mention, I I think without you know like that kind of like defensive structure because the way they play defense too is also like really weird they back off a lot and they give you a lot of space and time to work around so i mean i think washington you're just seeing again lack of good goaltending and lack of like any quality defensive players or talent tyler what are your thoughts on washington this year uh they're just starting to get a little i think i think uh well, I don't think Ovechkin's wearing out, but I think his teammates definitely are. Uh, I don't think the team is as tough as they were before. They're just starting to get a little weaker with the lineup. They might, they might have made some changes, like a little bit of a rebuild. Some of their players that they have have not met their expectations. I'm looking at the roster, like guys like Nicholas Backstrom, only scoring three points. Anthony Mantha with six. I don't know if that hurt or not, but that's not really good if they are like healthy. And guys like Daniel Sprawn. Only with 11 points. T.J. Oshi with 13. So yeah, a couple of their guys like that are very tough are not playing to the expectations. Disappointing year for T.J. Oshi with 13. I was not expecting to see that number. The fact that a guy like Connor Sheary or Garnet Hathaway is at the same point, has almost the same points as you, 
or more. Disappointing. Yeah, I think the Anthony Mantha thing really hurts them too, Tyler. Because they, I they forgot he was even on that team. Yeah, and like I like Mantha. I mean, he's a big, power forward guy, but he's been kind of, I don't know, MIA, I guess. No, no major injuries to the guy, right? Oh, and, and their goaltending is absolutely atrocious. My goodness, they are bad. Those are some weak goals they let in. And they let Matt Grizzlick score on them. <laughs> simple body shot, and they could even save it. First Bruins defenseman for five points since Ray Bork. Hey, you guys don't like Grizzlick. I actually like Grizzlick. I think that he's... I like Grizzlick. I just think he's a little small. I, I don't think he should be a top liner. I'm on Justin's page with that, at least. So the thing is, I'm okay hiding your, your smaller defenseman on the first pairing if you have a good shutdown defenseman, which we're still looking Here for. Here we go. This, this was a setup, wasn't it? You laid it out. Yeah. No. You laid it out for me. One up the slot. I, I, do have, I do have no problem with Grizzlick as long as he's your sixth defenseman and he's playing limited minutes and he only plays really on the power play and he's not playing in key situations or anything else like that. Well, why? So if, if, his, if his problem is a defensive liability, which is what everybody's been telling me, which I don't necessarily see it. He's a smaller guy. He does get pushed around. But wouldn't you want to hide him with someone who can cover for his defense? I mean, we don't have like someone who can cover uh, his defensive liabilities. I, I think if we had a stay-at-home defenseman, you could throw on the, the uh, third pairing with him. I'd be okay with that. But right now, if your best defenseman is uh, Chucky Coyle, or excuse me, uh, <laughs> Charlie McAvoy, um, you're stuck on coil, man. They, they found you. I'm convinced they found you. Oh man, they found you at work. They found you at your favorite breakfast spot. They found you. <laughs> Best defenseman is McAvoy. Then uh, you, you'd hide him with him. I just don't know if McAvoy can really do it. Well, no, and no. See, for me too, it's, it's the minutes, right? Like the moment you ask a guy like Grizzly to take to play more minutes. That's when you really get see him getting exposed, no matter who he's playing with. Because right, what, again, what is, the what is between, with, uh, Carlo then? See, not even not even that, Jimmy. But like, look at what um, uh, remember that uh, pairing I really like, for example, was um, Tory Krug and Adam McQuaid, right? Tory yeah. Krug was that was that skilled skater and puck mover, offensive guy. Pair them with Adam McQuaid, who wasn't like you know this like wow top forward shutdown guy by any means. But he was a sturdy, like physical shutdown guy in his own end, and I think that tandem worked really well. So I think you could put Grizzlick on the bottom pair with like a a bigger size, like a like a forward, but just a right shot on the right side, and again just limit his minutes. I think you're fine, and put him out there against some of the bums. Like yeah, uh, so I I agree, I do agree with that. I just I've always kind of gotten the I guess maybe I've misquoted you guys that you guys just don't really want him. Out. I think there's too many small defensemen on this team. That's the problem. Well, that's the issue too. I mean, and, and not to mention, I've and we've seen Cassie's rolled out there the Clifton Grizzlick pair. That's which, what I'm saying. Which I hate because that, that's two undersized guys. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Well, so like my problem with years past when Krug was on this team, they'd have a pairing with Krug on it, and then they'd have a pairing with Grizzlick on it. You can't have two small guys, and now you yeah. see the same thing. You have Clifton and you have Grizzlick. You gotta choose one or the other, and that's why I would have let Clifton available in, or let him go to Seattle, and I wouldn't have even exposed. Um, why am I drawing a blank on his name? Lozon. Now? Thank you. I wouldn't even exposed him. I would have. I would. I would have 
Yeah, I would have protected those arm and let Grizzly go. I did the math back when we did the uh, the another fantasy draft, the expansion draft podcast, and I I, I can't because I know if you don't do the eight forward, uh, six defenseman, one goalie thing, um, you gotta meet another quota with numbers of players. You have to actually, uh, there's more players you gotta uh, protect. And I came up, I came up with the right number, and it basically was exposing, um. DeBrusque instead of uh, Lausanne, and it worked. Um, I would have totally let DeBrusque go over the yeah, fucking he, Lausanne. Well, he, so you had you had to expose like DeBrusque. I think you also had to expose like Craig Smith, and it was one of, one other one other guy as well. And like I would have been okay with that because I think Lausanne is a young defenseman who is not shown his full potential yet. But you know, Justin been tripping on my ear for the last five years that defensemen take forever to develop. They do take a long time, Jimmy. Two hundred so, games, Jimmy. Are we still waiting for uh, McAvoy to develop then? Are we still waiting for that? No, he hasn't even reached the ceiling yet. No, oh, God. Yeah, I, mean, I, don't, I don't think he's reached the ceiling yet. Been over 200 games. Jimmy, I, <laughs> I'm not going to get into the McAvoy debate, considering I know it's just because you hate the fans of Boston, all right? We all know that you're really a closet. The jersey that you're hiding underneath your sweatshirt right now, even though your heat says it's on 90. Um, 95. Yeah, so close enough. Um we know that's a McAvoy jersey under there. Um, I was just kind of looking at the schedule. You can see the 73. It's a Michael Ryder 73. Yeah, that's what you want us to believe. You iron that on yourself. <laughs> Don't tell me they didn't teach you how to iron in the Coast Guard, all right? Actually, I failed that class. I'm sure you did, but they taught you how to do it. <laughs> yeah, I just started paying people to iron my stuff. I, I polished boots and I paid people to iron my stuff. Nice. <laughs> Solid. Off the record. Um, so I mentioned that tomorrow night Boston's playing Montreal and then Thursday Philadelphia. Saturday they're going to play Nashville and on next Tuesday hopefully we'll get together and record again. They'll be playing uh, Carolina. But I looked a little bit further and they still haven't made any – Adjustments to the schedule as far as the uh, three weeks off of the Olympic break. Have we? Has anybody heard anything about that at all? Like, do we know if they're going to try and reschedule the six games from December in that time? I believe it was six games. Yeah. So from what I've heard, again, I don't remember where I, I read this on Twitter or uh, an article. I was reading that they're not letting the players go to the Olympics anymore. No, I know that. So the, the NHL players aren't going to the Olympics, but now right. you have three weeks and two weeks worth of games to make up. Have you heard anything about them rescheduling oh, no. any of those games or if they're going to try and loosen the schedule back up into these past three weeks? Is that anything that's plausible? I'm sure these venues book some shit, but... I haven't heard anything about that. I was just curious. No? Tyler, no, I... Nothing? No, I've, I've heard nothing. Are you awake over there? You need a cup of coffee. We asked <laughs> for sur- we asked for surly here. scales. We're getting sleepy scales. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh goodness! Hey, it is late. Oh man, <laughs> Tyler's a working man now, or he was, and now he's not working quite as much so now he's tired he doesn't have the energy i get it it sucks getting old right tyler sucks, sucks. 
Good talk. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Good talk, Tyler. <laughs> oh God. All right, how do we think the the four games that I just mentioned? What do we think? Um, Montreal sucks. They got eighteen points, seven three, uh, seven twenty three and four this year. Philly, eh, they suck too. I just hate Philly, but they they're a little bit better. Thirteen, fifteen, and seven, back to backs. Um, I think. I don't know if it's an official thing or not. I'm just thinking you only have two, two goaltenders. Tuca's going to play Thursday night against Philly. Would be my my guess, considering Almock's going to go tomorrow night against Montreal. Um, what do we think? Boston can take both those games, or is it a, the split? We just hate Tuca that much that we think he's going to lose his game. 0-2, baby. 0-2. I think they'll take it, but I don't think Brad's going to play well. Well, so realistically, they're probably going to split them. They'll probably uh, lose to Montreal and beat Philly. But I'm so hoping that Tuki gets blown out of the barn. <laughs> Thank you. I, don't know. I, 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 I think uh, I think they'll win both games. Yeah, I think they'll win both games. Montreal, they'll win with Olmark in there. I don't think Rice is going to play well in the Philly game if he plays there. But I think they'll still win because I think they'll, they'll do that high scoring like they did with Washington. Philly's goaltending is not a... It's not great. I think it's gotten better this year, but last year it was so atrocious. atrocious. I think that the Bruins have got a number on them. Carter Hart, I think, is the goaltender. I don't know if they switched or not. So my so people are – I was talking to my buddy who's a big uh, Bruins fan as well, and the, the, he's already looking over this Montreal game. And Montreal, as bad as they are this year, they're also uh, – they went to the cup final last year, just saying that. Um, they uh, – but then, it, isn't Carey Price out? And right, yes, he is. But let's face it, like Montreal without Carey Price is like completely different. I agree. But the thing is, they're still your the Buffalo Sabers. They're still your rival. Oh, I wasn't gonna go that far, Tyler. That's disrespectful. It's disrespectful. But Buffalo, Buffalo is a better team this year. <laughs> It's it's more like Toronto in the first round. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, but uh, they're still here. Oh damn. <laughs> uh, they're still they're still your rivals for Utah. It's somebody tickling your feet, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> I love how much you guys like it. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Jimmy, you were saying or trying to say? <laughs> I'm just saying that they're your rival. <laughs> what is going on over there, T? What is going on over there? Oh, His screen's all blacked out. All you just hear is him giggling like a little squirrel. <laughs> Uh, he mutes his mic and comes back on. Shuts <laughs> off again. <laughs> he up this up way for. <laughs> Tyler, did you get a new puppy? <laughs> uh, That's just me. I don't know. Tyler, you are, you must be on such a delay. <laughs> I know. This already... Oh, an easy four or five second delay with you, Tyler. <laughs> probably, I'm probably on delay. 
He was saying that from the first time I said delay. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah. I mean, might be a delay. <laughs> oh, all right. This show just went to shit. <laughs> Which is tough because, you know. Oh, God. <laughs> all right. We're doing it, guys. All right, so <laughs> moving on from the Philly Montreal, <laughs> um, Nashville and Carolina are both at the tops of the division. Forty-eight points for Nashville. You're playing them on Saturday, and fifty points for Carolina. You're playing on Tuesday. I, I know how you guys are always so cheery, but I'm assuming you guys are thinking not uh, not going to get too many points out of the back end of this uh, these next four games. Tyler, are you there? <laughs> yeah, I'm here. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think the Boston is Sorry, Tyler, what are your thoughts on Nashville and Carolina? You think Boston yeah, I gotta has a be, chance? Yeah, i got to be on delay, so. Clearly. I don't think Boston has a chance against either of those teams, but I think the Nashville game, like, that's going to be tough because Nashville's actually really good this year. Like they have, they have a pretty good record. They're like they're first in the West, which is pretty crazy. I, I wouldn't have imagined those guys ever being first right now. That could definitely change, but they're definitely a tough team to look at in the playoffs and definitely during the regular season when they look so hot. Uh, Carolina, I think they'll be close. I do think that they, that Boston will win this one. Like they they, they kind of see like the last game with Carolina, but they did not really do that well. So I think they'll they'll see that game like fix their mistakes and go into this next one and play well. Um, so I should think well, it's going to be tougher the back half of this four game stretch here that we're talking about. I do like the way they match up with Nashville though. We shut them out earlier this year and swimming was in goal. Uh, I do like, uh, um, I do like them against Nashville, as I said. I think that we, uh, we're going to play them tough. But, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> he most certainly does not need a handlebar mustache. I, I, He's one of the curly ones. I, 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 I had a handlebar mustache about three weeks ago. So. <laughs> Uh, you can even grace us with it. I'll, 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 I'll rock it uh, next to my Shea My Beard, which is uh, this upcoming weekend, actually, or next weekend. So you guys will see it next episode. Um, Carolina is a tougher matchup, though, going back to that. Um, they should they should take, out of those two games, they should take uh, three points, whether it's an overtime loss against Nashville or an overtime loss against uh, Carolina. I'm not sure yet, but I believe they're going to take three points uh, out of those t- two games. Justin, any thoughts? Yeah, no. I, 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 so I, I'm honestly not so worried about Montreal and Philly. Those are the two teams and games where I'd say, like, you know, hey, just, uh, you know, win those games, beat those teams like you should. And um, I, I, as far as, like, you know, Montreal, I mean, yeah, excuse me, as far as Nashville and um, Carolina go, I, I totally agree. I think, um, well, I think last time we played Carolina this season, what, we got shut out and they totally smoked us. Uh, I think Carolina is clearly an up-and-coming team, and I think they're definitely odds on, odds on 
to be at least a runner-up for the Stanley Cup. Maybe I don't know. They have they, they're building something nice down there. Um, so and I think they're just uh, they're really fast, really mobile. Um, that's going to be a huge challenge for the Bruins. And so are Nashville. Nashville's playing well. I don't know what, what, what's got them going, but they're playing really well. they still got some really talented guys on their roster. Um, so those are more the two measuring stick t- uh, games that I look at. Um, obviously, Washington and Tampa, and obviously Nashville and uh, Carolina will be a couple measuring stick games. So that would be interesting um, to see where the Bruins are at, really and truly. <clears throat> yeah, I think if they're gonna win in either of those two games, it would yeah, be a Nashville game. Yeah, I agree with Justin. Game. It'll be pretty much just two games. <laughs> 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 we gotta fix that delay, delay for next week, Tyler. <laughs> All right. On that note, this, kind of, this show kind of went to shit towards the end, but that's all right. I still love you guys. <laughs> That's going to do it here at the Boston Bee Party. I'm David Rodriguez. Very th- very big thank you to Tyler Scales, Jimmy Shea, and Justin Ventola. And thank you all for listening. Have a good night. Peace. Cheers, guys. Peace, guys. Peace. Number 47 for Boston. Both guys, five minutes each for fighting. Yeah.